Welcome to the Chapter 49 podcast. My name is Larry Lannon. I'm a retiree and I volunteer uh, with Chapter 49, uh, all things communications and other items as well. We welcome you to our Chapter 49 podcast. It's a weekly podcast most of the time. We try to keep it that way. And of course, uh, my partner in crime for all of these podcasts is our Chapter 49 president, Duncan Giles. You know, Duncan, we didn't really have a chance to talk about this, what, a couple of weeks ago when we had uh, John Kelshaw on, on, the, uh, on the podcast, and, and good luck to him, he's now retired. But uh, I think that we need to just tell people that you and I worked on, on this application to uh, get a communications award. I don't think we've more than a couple of times even uh, tried to apply for that or, or put our name in for any kind of award, like for new newsletters and now with the, the podcast uh, with the communications award. And John uh, Kelshaw was very complimentary because it's a small number of people that have won that award. So I guess you and I should should feel good about that. Absolutely. Yeah. John, uh, John's retiring as of close of business tomorrow. So we still got, you know, a day and a half to give him some shots, uh, which I'm all for. Um, yeah. And his chapter 60, uh, his communication is one communications award. Um, they've got a great newsletter that they do. Um, but yeah, it's all different forms of communication. And I know that we are one of the, um, first regular podcasts that any chapters are doing and dare say I'm having seen a couple of the others, I'm going to say we're the best podcast that, uh, that's out there for NTU folks right now. If we should say so ourselves, right? But yeah, well then again, you know, the bar is not that high from what I've seen. Folks are trying, but it's just, um, it's just not quite the same. Well, it takes work to do this, and, and everybody's busy with other things. You have to kind of, you know, block out that time to do something like this. So I think that's there's one large chapter, I won't name them, who started a podcast. I think their idea was to have it regularly, and they started months ago, and I think they've done three. And what they're finding out is how much hard work it is to get this done. Yeah, and it, it really helps to have someone like yourself who has a background in radio who knows how to do interviews and discussions and things of that nature. You also have the specific equipment, can do the editing. Um, you know, as people tell me, you know, you've got a great podcast. I'm like, oh, Larry gets 95% of the credit. All well, I have to do is show up and talk, and everybody knows that's easy for me. Well, first of all, video is still foreign to me, so I'm still learning on that. <laughs> Secondly, even when it comes to like the, uh, the, the audio portion where we talk, yes, I've done radio in the past, but what I found is that there are even more technical hurdles you have to go through to do a podcast. So I've kind of figured that out over time. So, and, and without your support, we wouldn't have this podcast because I'm not sure every chapter president would take you know, half hour, hour of, of, of time every week to do this. And you are more than willing to do it. So let's, it's, it's just a great way to get information out to our members and beyond. Well, speaking of information, we're going to spend most of this podcast on a term that probably most of our members hadn't heard much about before. The word we're going to use is attestation. Attestation has to do with you are attesting to something to be true. And it is all about our vaccination status, 
whether or not employees of the Internal Revenue Service who are in the office, and, and we'll all, I guess all will be in the office at some point, but we still have, we, the agency has uh, an, an evacuation order out. So there are still people, many people who are working only out of their home or some other third-party location, mostly their homes, and are not working in the office at all. But at some point, people will. And there are people who are in, and the service centers particularly still have people working paper, even though they've had, you know, COVID outbreaks and they've had to deal with that and, and you know, the uh, all of what go- goes with that in terms of quarantine. But the attestation form is where you sign a form that says, I have been fully vaccinated with the COVID vaccine, and you have to provide some details on this. Well, lo and behold, and, and, and Duck and I always appreciate you keeping me in the loop on these things, you found out on HR Connect that there was an attestation form there and no one had told you about it. And it appears that there was one of these at the very top of treasury department issues that uh, happened. And I guess IRS apologized to NTU because they didn't even know it was going to be made public. The treasury did that ahead of, of IRS. So there's a lot of confusion and uh, uh, moving parts on this. But once that attestation form was put on HR Connect, that has rolled the ball down the alley quite a bit, if you want to use a bowling analogy, and things are are definitely moving forward. So what I'd like you to do is just start off kind of with this story about how uh, IRS and NTU finally had a meeting on this recently and talked about this form. And I I would like to hear more about this uh, as well, if you could. Yeah, this is an interesting story. Of course, National IRS and National NTU have been talking quite a bit about, you know, the vaccination issues, everything that's involved with them. Um, You know, it was a lot of our understanding, especially mine, that there was going to be a form that they were going to use. Um, Lo and behold, a a guest on our show that appeared a while back, Lori McCann, was in a meeting, the uh, president of Chapter 10. And somebody mentioned that this attestation form, easy for me to say, was on HR Connect. And she went and took a look, and there it was. We didn't know about it. She alerted National NTEU. National NTEU contacted IRS and basically said, what the hell? To excuse my language, but that's basically the type of attitude that we had. IRS said, oh, my God, we didn't even know it was out there. Basically, Treasury put that out there. We weren't even ready. We didn't think it was going out externally. We thought it was just like in an internal test. So once again, you know, our our big government agency can't put one foot in front of the other (laughs) without tripping. There was a lot of tripping in this case. Uh, It's almost like they had their tail between their legs trying to explain this. And, you know, IRS is a part of the Treasury Department, and the uh, Secretary of Treasury or someone high up in that organization decides they want to put the form out, they'll put the form out. My understanding is that it was actually uh, a form that was put together by the uh, the White House, the Safer Federal Workforce Task Force was, like, behind this. So it apparently was rolled out a lot more quickly than than anybody uh, ever expected it to be. So IRS did have this meeting with NTEU at NTEU's request, obviously. 
What did our national NTEU officials uh, discover in this meeting? Um, well, yes, that this is on HR Connect. Uh, the form is very similar to what the Safer Federal Workforce Task Force uh, came up with. And that's the ones who are creating the rules for the executive branch of the federal government, which would cover us. Um, and it, like I said, Treasury, they told NTU that Treasury put it up early for external use, as I said before. And there is a tentative plan. IRS has a tentative plan. And I'm going to put the emphasis on the word tentative because I've checked with a few of my sources. And, you know, this is like, you know, people say it's written in stone. Well, this is written in sand with the waves coming in. Um, it's very likely to change. But what they want is people who are full time going into the office, uh, folks in the service center, some folks in call sites, uh, folks like myself. Um, they want this filled out by September the 3rd. And for everyone else, it's going to be a week later by September the 10th, and they'll get some uh, information out on that. That's a pretty quick turnaround. If you think about what's being done here for, and you said if it's in if it's in sand with the waves in 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 uh, in, in sight of you, uh, I think what I'm hearing you say is yeah, that's the plan for now. But uh, that that's pretty quick work for uh, an IRS that is understaffed and and generally not in the office. Yeah, uh, you know you've heard nothing officially about this yet, and so they're basically saying okay, uh, a little over a week we want this done. Uh, what? Heck, for some people, it's going to take a week just to get into HR Connect because, as one executive so aptly told me, let's put it on one of the systems that's almost impossible to get into. Yeah, that's it. That's that's what we'll do. Doesn't IRS have a long list of those? I mean, even when I was a manager, I remember one system that we put together and everybody was all excited about it. They had done uh, a, a a test in a small area. And once that uh, rolled out to the entire operation, uh, you had to wait a half hour for it to turn over for one, one command. <laughs> I mean, it was just, <laughs> nobody thought, Oh, when we put everybody on there, it's going to be a mess. And it was a programming error or a, a programming issue, I guess would be the more accurate term. So you can't just go in and fix it. You have to really just redo the whole system. So, you know, I think what I'm hearing you say is here we have a system, much, not as bad as that, but it, it's when a lot of people are on at one time, it's going to be slow. And my goodness, we're going to have a lot of people on this system. Let me just kind of go over what, what I saw in the information that you provided me that the that this tentative plan in sand, if you will, is for okay. This this form is going to be uh, uh, required for employees who have to regularly report to the worksite eight hours a day, or they're accounting for leave to fill in that eight hours per day. Uh, they're going to have to attest, you know, legally sign a document about their vaccination status. Either I have it or I don't, or I'm in the process or whatever. You know, you have to disclose there. And as you said, September 3rd is is the date for that. But there are other employees not under that definition. They'll have until September 10th. That assumes that that will not be pushed back at, at some point. And, you know, setter records are involved. And let me ask you this, because, you know, I've been retired almost 10 years. Uh, when everybody's on setter, that's no fun to use either, is it? Uh, that would be correct. 
yeah, basically what they're doing is taking a look and saying, okay, who's um, who's working telework? That's who they're. That's how they're apparently going to judge. Um, you know, who should have this done by September third, and who should have it done by September tenth? Knowing that their previous efforts um, that I saw at the bargaining table when they tried to use for data on defining who's on telework and who's not, uh, that should prove interesting to say the least. Um, it's it's going it's 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 going to be a work in progress. Well, here's another part. You sort of alluded to this, but you know the issue is okay. the The rules are if you sign this form and say, "I'm not vaccinated and I haven't even had my first shot." All right, fine. Then you're going to have to have weekly testing. The problem is, and this gets into this tentative thing. IRS could not provide a date as to when the testing will begin. So if that's the case, you've got these people showing up in the office who have attested to the fact that I'm not vaccinated and I haven't had my first shot and I'm in the workplace and we're not going to test them because I guess the answer that the service gave to our NTU people is that they're not going to know how much testing is required until they get all this data, assuming all the systems work perfectly. Now, I'm sure this, this, there's nothing can go wrong here, correct? Exactly. It should work seamlessly just like everything else the IRS has done. should work seamlessly with no issues. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a fun process. Um, there are a couple of little twists in there. Basically, what they said that they want to do with this to start with is they want to get this data in there so they know where they need to do the testing because they're not going to have a lot of on-site testing. So they need to know, okay, where do we need to make contracts for that? Well, the problem is, is since Delta has come out, this variant has caused so many people to need testing that there aren't any quick ways to get testing right now. You know, my daughter is a... um, healthcare professional who works with a hospital chain and she has said that you know do not think that they're going to be able to come in and get a test and jump back out because right now the um the lines for it are just incredible now in a further twist here at the federal building in indianapolis this morning there were signs posted asking if you'd been vaccinated already when you came in. So GSA is working a different side of the program. Um, And as folks were coming in, they were being asked if they were vaccinated. So who's asking this? The guards. Oh, my goodness. They're giving the guards that responsibility. That's something. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't interview the guards, and I didn't say, okay, what happens if somebody says they haven't been vaccinated? Are you doing tests on site? What's going to happen? Um. I don't think they've thought that far ahead yet. So, again, it's not just the IRS who's doing that. This is also GSA, and this is going to be for a lot of federal buildings. Is it also going to be rolled out to lease space? If it is rolled out to lease space and there aren't any guards, who are going to be the ones responsible for asking, you know, it's going to be the managers who were not there. Yeah, I was going to say, what if the manager's not on site? I mean, there are a whole bunch of things going on right now. Well, and the other part of this is that, okay, as you well know, Duncan, I mean, the IRS has got tens of thousands of employees nationwide, 
And having been a manager and trying to get responses from my employees on even much lesser issues than this, getting that information sometimes is not easy. And it's not their fault. They're busy or they're out. I mean, there are complications. You just don't always get those responses. This is a pretty important response. So what happens if a manager, whoever else may be um, running this show, sees that a group or we, and let's just make an example of one one employee who does not attest either way, just doesn't go on and and do the form online like they're supposed to. So uh, the idea is the service will immediately follow up. And if that doesn't work, they will be treated as declining the attestation. And that will mean that they will be presumed to have not been vaccinated and will be subject to all the testing. Is that the way you understand it? That's that's exactly it. I you know I'm going to try and find out who the executive is going to be over all this because I just that person's really out of favor with the powers that be. If it's it's sort of like when they used to send out the rookie reporters to the uh, 500 track the night before the 500 back in the 70s and 80s, you knew you know, okay, we're going to really stick it to this particular person because it was a while. You know, and that's what they're going to be doing to this, whoever, whatever executives in charge of this, because it's just going to be wild. As you said, you know, if you're, if you fill it out and saying you're not fully vaccinated, you haven't been vaccinated, or you don't want to fill out the form at all, then you're going to be treated as not, um, not being vaccinated. They do say that the form will be able to be updated so if your vaccination status changes, you're not vaccinated and you get fully vaccinated, then you're able to change it on there. You know, um, you know but Duncan, as of yet, we... Uh, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt you there, but uh, I, I remember my very first job at IRS in 1983 was working in the supply room. So I was taking, I was, you know, the clerk there and I was taking messages for everybody. When one fellow that worked there and took his messages there and Duncan... Nobody could ever find him. He would come by, I'd give him his messages, but then he'd take off, and I never knew where he was. He knew every hiding place in what in the Minton Cape Art <laughs> Federal Building, and finding him was almost impossible. I've got a feeling, Duncan, that whatever executive gets, uh, gets the task of running this is somebody you'll never be able to find. Yeah, whoever gets this plum assignment. And we do need to keep in mind that when they do start saying, okay, testing is going to be required, once they get all the data, once they're ready to roll this out, once it's been negotiated with NTU at the national level, because that's impact and implementation, uh, national NTU has already told them we're going to be discussing this. It is going to be on government time. It is going to be, you know, if you have to travel, you're going to get mileage for this. Um, so, you know, you're not going to be out your own time, but you know, it's going to be what happens if you do test positive, you can't go to, um, you know, then are you going to have any leave or is it going to be your own leave that you're having to take? You know, there, there are so many variables right now that are still up in the air. You know, every time they come out with more information, it answers a few, uh, but it still leaves some unresolved and it even, uh, opens up more questions. Here's another part of this, Duncan, which is you alluded to earlier. The way this has rolled out, Treasury puts it out, goes on HR Connect, people at NTU find out about it, ask IRS about it. They say, oh my goodness, you know, 
Treasury did this. We're running behind and trying to figure this all out. In, in the midst of all this, people have to keep in mind, IRS has not communicated anything to its own employees officially about this attestation requirement, attesting to their vaccination status. And uh, the IRS has not, even though they used that September 3rd and 10th date, in general, the management could not provide a date to NTEU as to when that communication would happen. That's a bit troubling if they're if the management is that far behind in this process. And that's why I think those dates are written in sand with the water rolling in. Because they're gonna have to push that back. They just there's no way they can. Yeah, and that, that's I think that's just almost uh, especially <laughs> with the negotiation with NTU. I think they want to have that deal before uh, anything is is actually rolled out. Uh, there's another aspect, a couple other aspects of this I want to discuss with you. One has to do with the uh, EPL, the emergency paid leave. It's going through September 30th. It's the expiration date. Uh, pretty important uh, numbers were attached to that. I have it here. Do you, do you have that written down? Anywhere? Yes, I do. Go right yes, ahead with that. Yeah, it's, um, you know, the EPL, the emergency paid leave, is something the um, NTU really pushed Congress for in the passing of legislation. So we would have this leave for families who, who qualify under it for the IRS. And as of August the 19th, IRS employees have used 163,000 hours of EPL for a total cost of 4.2 million, which is just huge. Um, I, I, you know, that's, that's such a huge benefit to IRS employees. Now, one thing I do want to say on EPL is I've, I've heard, and I'm still checking with sources, but I believe this to be true. They're really starting to look into these requests because there are very specific circumstances where you can qualify for EPL, emergency paid leave. And if you're using it not for its intended purpose and and saying that, yes, you are taking it and you do qualify for it, that's basically falsifying government documentation. And we don't like that. So I would hope that everybody is very mindful of, you know, the EPL regulations, the EPL rules, and is using it correctly because nobody wants to get into a position where they're having to um, – you know, look at possible discipline over this. Well, here's a question that, that arises out of that. Let's say uh, you thought you were qualified. You soon find out, ooh, I, I wasn't really eligible to take EPL. <clears throat> Is there a way to fix that, or how, what do you do in a situation like that? Well, it depends on, I would think it depends on the situation. If it's something that is an honest mistake, um, okay, my kids' school, I'm, I'm keeping them home, but my kids' school is open. So, you know, that's an honest mistake because I was doing it on overabundance of caution, so that may not qualify. You want to let your manager know, let your NTU rep know, um, versus, oh, I'm taking my kids on vacation and I'm going to claim EPL. Um, that's going to be a tough one to justify to anybody. Okay. All right. So that, that pretty lays it out pretty clearly. There's one other aspect of this uh, that I want to ask you about, and I'll give you a chance to wrap it up in a moment. But 
this whole thing is thrown another monkey wrench into all these new higher orientations going on. How's that working? <laughs> yeah, we're asking IRS nationally. We're asking IRS because the same questions have been asked locally. Um, how are you orienting these folks? How are you going to train them? Especially when you have large groups, especially with the service centers, um, call sites with the hiring that they're trying to do. Um, you know, are you going to be doing this locally? Are you going to be doing it in person? Are you going to be doing it virtually? How is this going to work? And, um, you know, the IRS said, well, with classes of 50 or more, we're looking at doing this virtually. And National NTU's response, and rightly so, was, that's great. I assume you're going to be giving us notice about this so we can try and work out, you know, how it's going to be done and work on, you know, our notifications. And the IRS was a uh, humna, 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 yeah. And again, I think this is something that because of the Delta variant, everybody had an idea in mind a couple of months ago of how things were going to work. And because of the variant now, it's, it's not going to be that way. It's going to be totally different. Well, uh, we've spent a lot of time on this, and we only have a couple of quick hits to, before we end the podcast. So on this whole issue of attestation, kind of wrap it up and, and just um, – you know, just kind of say anything else you want to say about that before we move on. Make sure when you do this, when you fill out this form, if you choose to do so, that you're filling it out honestly. You do not want to say that you're qualifying, you're attesting that you've been vaccinated when you haven't. You absolutely do not want to do that. I, of course, uh, have been urging everybody and still do to get vaccinated. Uh, as soon as I'm eligible for a booster in December, I'm taking one. Um, and it's, it's very important to fill it out correctly. I've seen it. If you go on HR connect, you can take a look at it. It's not that complicated. Um, if you can get to HR connect and you know, that way that's half the battle right there. Um, you know, you will be able to fill it out. You will be able to change it if your vaccination status changes, but you want to make sure that you do this correctly. And right now, you can fill it out if you want to, but there is absolutely no requirement until we see these dates. And we have not seen any of these dates officially, like you alluded to, we've not seen anything on it. So a couple other quick things we want to discuss before we wrap this up and try to keep the time uh, pretty close to where we like it to be in terms of the podcast. People are surveyed all the time. There's this FEVS survey. There's been some controversy around this. Just quickly tell us about it. Yeah, this year, um, the brain surgeons at OPM that do the survey decided, okay, we're not going to send it out to everybody. And I'm sure that there are, you know, the upset cries from everybody hearing and seeing this and listening to this because they're not going to get to do the, the survey. Uh, the FEVS does actually serve a good purpose when it's used correctly. Um, I can tell you for a fact that this type of information is looked at by the IRS. Um, the Office of Engagement under uh, previous guest Andy Reitmeyer looks at it very closely. But the way that they're looking at doing it now for this year is they're going to do a random sample, only high-level questions. So it's not going to get down to the level that you're actually able to solve things. So I, to be honest with you, I don't think it's going to have much worth for this year. The IRS does pulse surveys that you see on the IRS source a lot of times. 
These are much more specific questions. Uh, they're quick hitters. They come out usually uh, a weekly for a week for about a month period of time, once a week for a month or so period of time to get a good read on exactly what's going on. It's only like five or six questions. You know, those, those I think are a much better indicator right now of attitudes than the FEBS is going to be for this year. One last uh, item I want to talk about. Uh, there's been a lot of discussion about the infrastructure bill in Congress. It has not been finalized, still going through the process. It is somewhat bipartisan. There are people in both parties who are involved with it, not totally, but, but to, a, to a better extent than we've seen on many other issues, which will fund a large amount of infrastructure. But what I found interesting, and this came from an article in the Federal News Network online, is that IRS, and isn't this a broken record, will be given more responsibilities and no way to fund it. Yeah, what a shocker and surprise that they do this to us, because they've never done it to us again. Once again, we're Charlie Brown, and the Congress is going, okay, we'll be Lucy with the football. Go ahead and kick it. It'll be fine. Just because you have no money for additional hires for this additional work is not going to be a problem. Uh, it's it's just one of those things where I really hope in um, the funding for the annual appropriations bill and the second um, bill that they're looking at for infrastructure, the larger one, that there'll be some continuation of funding so we can take care of these unfunded mandates. Well, Duncan, uh, we've had a lot of information on this podcast. 30 seconds. Anything to uh, wrap it up? I Again, I just want everybody out there to be safe and, you know, please get vaccinated for your fellow employees, uh, your friends, and most importantly, for you and your family. That's Duncan Giles, Chapter President, NTEU Chapter 49. Uh, we appreciate you watching and listening to our podcast. Uh, if you would like to get regular updates on when the audio and video podcasts are, podcasts are posted, all you have to do is send a message to Duncan Giles uh, at the email address of nteu49 at aol.com. And Duncan will put you on a list. He'll Every time he sends out the links to these, uh, he will include you in that as well. You can also find the audio podcast on about any platform that podcasts reside. Just search under podcasts by Larry Lannan, L-A-N-N-A-N. You'll see all the different podcasts I produce and just look for the Chapter 49 podcast. Also, get regular updates on Facebook. All you have to do is search on Facebook and look for NTEU Chapter 49 Indiana. You can like or follow our Facebook page, and of course you'll get all of our updates as to what's happening there. So we have had uh, a number of podcasts over the last year and a half, and we thank you. Many of you have been following us that entire time. So we thank you for listening and watching, and please be safe and be kind. <laughs>